We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, Monday, April the 24th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. We are rocking. We are rolling here on this Monday. I see Travi, Will, Brandon, John, Eber, Noah, Justin Langford, Ethan, Chase, Floyd, Brendan, Kayshawn. What's up? KC, GA, what's going on? Packed house today here on a Monday. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Again, we are rocking. We are rolling here on this Monday. And yes, I'm not wearing a hat. I know that is going to throw some of you off, but I like to keep you guys on your toes. As you all know, again, it's a victory Monday. Gamecocks, the Yardcocks, what a weekend. Sweeping the third-ranked Florida Gators in really dominating fashion. It felt like throughout you were in control the entire weekend. Of course, guys, phone lines are open. We're taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Monday, guys, of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, you can play literally anything and everything with our friends over at Price Picks, college sports, pro sports, you name it. They have got it. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks, and you should as well. So again, go down the Price Picks app, go to pricepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Josh Williams, what's going on? Yeah, John Edward, I did not get a haircut, my guy, just not wearing a hat today. I think you just have not seen my hair. Nobody really ever sees me without a hat, but I figured today, you know what? Why not? Feeling like I'm having a solid hair day, so I figured why not? We'll do it. The flow is flowing today, of course, and uh, we are getting after it. Again, guys, I want to hear from you, 843-790-3377. The phone lines are open and really excited to chat here on this Money, of course, podcast. Did drop this morning, episode 778, a full breakdown of what happened over the weekend. Of course, guys, also beginning today, really excited. He will join us every single Monday Beginning today, Mark Rogers of the Voice of College Football. He joins the show to talk all things college football. So it will be exclusively college football conversations, Gamecocks football, SEC football, 
anything and everything in between. So that will be a football-exclusive conversation. But in the meantime, guys, would love to talk about this Yardcocks Ball Club, what they've done also, guys. As you probably saw this morning, I did drop an updated schedule for this week because it is not going to be the normal noon to two, Monday through Friday. Uh, We're calling a couple of audibles this week. First things first, there will be no TDC on Thursday or Friday. The reason for that being, the reason for that being, of course, the spring tour concludes this week as we head to beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Thursday night, 6 o'clock, it all gets going. There is no baseball game, no game of any sort, so we'll be exclusively locked in on the tour event, right? We'll be locked in on that tour event. Really excited, guys. You see, I've got the the Beamer Wall to the Moon Tour shirt right here on myself. We'll be selling these. We'll be selling the towels, the koozies. We'll have koozies to give away. We'll do about a 30 or 45-minute Q&A session. Going to be a lot of fun. I already checked the weather. Should be beautiful later this week as well, so going to be a really, really good time. With that being said, though, We'll be traveling to Myrtle Beach from the upstate, which is about four hours away. So there's just no way I could realistically swing doing TDC on Thursday and Friday. Of course, we'll be checking out of the Airbnb because I am staying in Myrtle Beach overnight. I will be checking out of the Airbnb. Going to spend the day in Myrtle. Probably going to go to the beach, if you will. So really just realistically cannot or will not be able to do the show on Friday. So all of your questions, comments, everything, your thoughts, get them in because you've only got till Wednesday. And also tomorrow's TDC, we are going to rock early 10 to 12 instead of the normal noon to 2 because I will be going out of town for the day. Let's just say that. So going to be a lot of fun. Either way, though, plenty of content this week. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs, guys. We got no midweek game this week. South Carolina sits here right now ranked third in the country by D1 Baseball the next time the Yardcocks hit the field this weekend for a Friday through Sunday series against the Auburn Tigers. So it feels good to be good on this Monday. What a dominating weekend by the Yardcocks. And I do want to hear from you all. Want to hear from you all. So again, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the love and the support. And uh, I see we got my guy Gamecock fan tuned back into the YouTube. And I, he hasn't commented in quite a while. But uh, talking about my hairline, which is totally fine. I don't really give a damn. Uh, hairline NIL, which it's funny, people that speak on things that uh, they don't know anything about. You know, it's it's funny about the NIL space. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this, but, you know, just because someone doesn't doesn't beat their chest and, and brag about their giving on social media, it doesn't mean they're not giving. It's just not your business, right? So I don't feel the need when we put out certain pieces of merch that are NIL deals, that are putting money in the pockets of players and what have you, I don't really feel the need to include that. Like, I I just don't because it's nobody's business except me and the player and their team. So it's funny when people speak on things they have absolutely no idea about. (laughs) And I don't have to prove it, Gamecock fan, because who are you? I mean, who are you? Yeah, exactly. I have nothing to prove to anyone. So my business is my business. And if you don't like that, you can kiss my ass. That's pretty much how I how I do it. So anyways, 843-790-337. I'm a Gamecock fan. If you want to call in and talk about it, we'd more, I'd be more than happy to have a conversation, my guy. I just don't brag about giving on social media because I don't need the ego stroke that is. Tell me how great I am because I give to this, give to that. The giving's being taken care of behind the scenes, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm not sharing my business information with slap dicks on Twitter. I, I can assure you of that. I haven't made a living doing that, and I won't start today or yesterday or tomorrow. So, 
Uh, Daddy, yo, LSU led one of 18 innings against us. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, listen, there, there's a strong case to make that South Carolina is the best team in all of college baseball. There is. The the top 25 rankings, guys, I'll just say this, and I tweeted it this morning, and we've talked about it here on these airwaves. I mean, I don't I don't let it bother me just because, I mean, listen, there's, there's bias in these top 25 rankings. Like LSU, unless they lose the number one spot, they're not coming out of the number one spot because they were thought of overwhelmingly in the preseason to be the best team in college baseball. So until they lose that spot, until they lose two of three, let's say back-to-back weekends or they start to fall off, they're just not going to take LSU out of that spot, which is totally fine because my hot take is this. I, I don't want to be the number one overall seed going into the postseason. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. The number one overall seed hasn't won the entire thing since 1999. Let LSU, let them shoulder all that pressure. I'm fine with being the number three, the number four, whatever. As long as you're a top eight national seed, guys, it really doesn't matter all that much. I'd rather be the ones bragging in Omaha versus being the ones bragging because we're number one all year, right? I mean, how much good did that do for Tennessee last year? How much good did that do for other teams that have been number one and falter in the Super Regionals or or go two and Q in Omaha? doesn't really mean a whole lot. doesn't mean a whole lot. So, uh, Josh Williams, what's going to happen to Brad or what's going to happen with Brazzy? When McGillis and Lee Croy return, great question. I mean, I think Braz was a guy that's got to stay involved in the lineup. I, I think you could argue he should stay at third base. And I definitely want to talk about Michael Braswell today. I mentioned this on the podcast, <clears throat> and I wanted to make sure we took time today. I wanted to make sure we took time today to mention Michael Braswell and just how fantastic he's been this season. You know, Michael Braswell, a guy that was a superstar a year ago as a true freshman, started every single day basically at shortstop, and we all thought it was a no-brainer. He was going to be that guy at that position. Well, of course, we all know the story. Braylon Wimmer moves to short. Will McGillis comes in from Southern Miss. Talmadge Lecroy, of course, gets really hot in the fall and preseason camp, and he wins the third base job. And Michael Braswell's the odd man out. And a lot of guys could have hung their head, could have had a bad attitude, could have said, woe is me, could have uh, just approached this thing the wrong way, right? Could have got down on themselves, whatever. But Michael Braswell, all he's done all season is every opportunity he gets, he makes the most of. I mean, you go back to the Georgia series, right? Guy hadn't really played all year, hardly at all. And he gets that base knock to win the game, basically, to to practically walk that game off in Athens. Uh, And then what he's done starting, obviously, filling in, I mean, it really just speaks to, you know, I feel like we we have this, you know, we, we, for whatever reason, we only highlight guys when the attitude is bad or when things are negative. But a guy like Michael Braswell, like, we need to speak on that. We need to speak on that more, man. The positive attitude. And the guy's just a ball player, man. He loves South Carolina. You know, he spoke on the Rowdy Roosters and the crowd at Founders Park after that win on Thursday. And, uh, you know, by all accounts, a great kid. And he's obviously a great baseball player. And, you know, did he get beat out in the preseason for a job? Maybe he did. But when the lights come on, that kid's a gamer. I mean, he's a baller. You see it every time he's out there. And, you know, I think he's playing a great third base for you right now. And absolutely, even with Lee Croy and, and McGillis and when those guys come back healthy, you know, Michael Braswell, I think, you know, you talk about what makes a championship team. It is guys like Michael Braswell because you need all one through 40, let's say, bought in. You need every single one of them to go win a championship, to be as good as South Carolina is right now. You need everybody bought in, right? If one guy's not bought in or two or three, that can spread to the entire team. And Michael Braswell's a dude that maybe coming into the season, he was number, I don't know, 30 on the roster, 31. I, I don't know. He wasn't a starter, right? All I'm saying is you need everybody bought in, even – beyond, far beyond the guys, the nine guys 
that are on the field. And, uh, I mean, it just goes to show, man, again, again, Braswell has taken his opportunity and run with it, and he's a huge part of this ball club. Absolutely, I don't care who comes back from injury. Michael Braswell will be a major piece of this team on the run to Omaha to a national championship. So, you just can't say enough good things about Michael Braswell and the job he's done this season. And, again, I expect him to continue to be a, a major force for this ball club for sure. I mean, again, guys, 8437903377. That is 8437903377. Josh, do you want to lose Lee Corps in the lineup? He has solid at bats for us also. This is a good problem to have. I, you know, I, I would say, I mean, there's different ways you can play it. Do you slide Lee Corps to the DH? I mean, there's different ways you can tinker with the lineup. No no doubt. But uh, Braswell's got to be involved, even if he's not every day. I'm not saying he's going to play every day, right? Maybe there's matchups where it makes more sense to go somebody else. But uh, Braswell's a major part of our team. I mean, it's just, I mean, you, you see you see what he's done. It's uh, It's incredible. It's incredible. So, Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Monday, April the 24th, 2023. Where is Panic Ritter? Where is Panic Ritter? I have no idea. Yeah, the pitching, Justin. Give up 10 runs all weekend. What a 288 ERA over the weekend. Above average. What's going on, man? What's going on? What's up, P-Doc? Haven't heard from P-Doc in quite a while. P-Doc, I know you are... Uh, I know you're having a blast, man, with your coaching. Congratulations to our guy, P-Doc, who is absolutely crushing it for, what is it, my guy, Peelian? Is that right? Peelian? I think so. <laughs> I think that's P-Doc. I don't know. I could be wrong. Might be somebody playing above average Gamecock. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Let's see. Yeah, Ethan, definitely great to, to get the, the rest, if you will to get the rest um, going into the weekend, for sure. I mean, a banged-up ball club. Oh, I love this. I'm glad this has been brought up. Gamecock fan, Chris, why don't you address why you don't go to games anymore besides that you're banned? Like, it's it's really – and I know it's trolling. I know it's trolling. That's why I pay it no mind. But, like, do people actually think South Carolina has the power to ban someone like me from the ballpark? Like, do, do people – I mean – I think you're giving way too much credit to – I don't even know who. I don't even know who. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt I'm not banned. So, we're actually going to the Tennessee series. So, believe it or not. I hope to see you all there. We will be there confirmed. That is that is planned, the final home series of this season. We will be in the building for the Tennessee series. I'm looking forward to it. Haven't seen this team in person all, uh, all year. So – Gamecock fans, to answer the question, yeah, I've answered this question many times, Gamecock fans. So when I left Columbia last summer, I, I really did over the last year or so, it's been a focus of mine to focus more so on flexibility and efficiency. And listen, I went to every single game in 2021. I went to every single game last season. And it's one of those things that I just learned that to do what I do, to run my business, to operate at a high level, I, I don't need to be at every basketball or baseball game. I, I don't even really need to be at every football game. I need to be in a space where I can create content at a high level and with, with high efficiency, and I can do that much easier back at home. And like I said, I actually like now – it's it's been a blast this season, honestly, having the flexibility to watch on TV and also do other things and live life and just not be stuck at the ballpark every single day, every single weekend. I've had a blast watching on TV, to be honest. I'm looking forward to getting back in the ballpark. I think there's also a good chance we will be in Hoover – uh postseason we'll probably attend a lot of those games and obviously if this team goes to Omaha I mean we're no doubt going to be there but I mean it's just honestly to answer your question it's just 
I, I love the flexibility and the efficiency. And as I've grown as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, I, my focus has been more so on that. And, you know, weighing things, activities as, is this a paid activity or a non-paid activity? And going to games, as much fun as it is, I don't have to do it. I, I just simply don't have to do it. And so as much as I love going, I've gone to every single game the last couple of years, 2020 the same way. I went to every single game until they canceled the season, obviously, due to COVID. And so I wanted to change things up. I just flat out wanted to switch things up and say, you know what, let me do this from the home front because not everybody that covers the Gamecocks or covers any sports team, if you will, most of them don't go to the games. Most of them don't go to certainly every game. So I've really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, to be honest. You see more on TV. That goes for every single sport. And like I said, I just realized that why not take advantage of unique flexibility that I have within my business. That's the reason I left Columbia as well. Just really wanted to switch up the vibe and, and do something different and be in a different place. And got a lot of love for Cola, and I love going to games, but it just made sense. So anyways, I, I don't know if, uh, yeah. So anyways. <laughs> anyways, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Braddock, nobody has banned me, my guy. Nobody has banned me. I can assure you. They, they don't have that power. Um, listen, if USC, if USC did ban me from games, if that like for whatever reason happened, let's say I, I went on a fire this coach tirade and I was banned, you would know. If you think I wouldn't make content out of that and I wouldn't blast the University of South Carolina, you you've just honestly got the wrong guy. So I, I would have I would take great joy in putting that on full display for the masses to see. Um, anyways, Gamecock fan, I'm going to let Cox by ninety know you'll be there since you like trash talking about him. Say it to his face, Gamecock fan. I don't I'm really not familiar with the trash talk you speak of. And listen, I've I've texted to Jeff off the record before about certain things he has said. So I have no issues, Gamecock fan, of telling anybody anything. I haven't said anything on these airwaves, on the podcast airwaves, or on social media that I wouldn't say to anyone's face. So please don't threaten me with a good time. Um, Lynn Turner, yeah, the, the, the watch parties have been fun. I mean, again, there's, there's no point. I mean, it's why I don't spend time on social media justifying my actions and what I do in business with that people that are just trolls or just really have, why, why would you seek understanding from someone of that level? Like they're not going to understand if they understood they'd be in your position. So um, I've enjoyed it. I mean, I've enjoyed it greatly. I mean, obviously again, and it's one of those things, dude, I, I've been to hundreds of games at Founders Park. I've been to hundreds of games at Founders Park. I, I just, I know I'm not missing anything. I, I, I mean, I love going, don't get me wrong, but, like, I've enjoyed watching on TV. I'm excited to be there for the Tennessee series, but I've enjoyed watching on TV. I really have. I've enjoyed being able to do other things, you know, while watching uh, watching everything on my phone or on TV. Like, Saturday, for example, I went to the Braves game. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed going to Atlanta that day. So, Lim Washington, what's up? Appreciate you. We are rocking. It seems like every time I don't wear a hat, it seems like every time I don't wear a hat, the comments hit the fan, and I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. I really don't know why. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, man. I, I'm, I'm glad. I, school must be out today. I don't know. School must be out today. Uh, does more for the school than you, NIL. Again, it's so funny to people that assume what we do and do not give, and, and, and it, like, you have no idea. And I, and I love – 
the comments give me even more reason to keep it that way. Like, it's nobody's business what we're giving. It's, it's nobody's business. Just because I'm not beating my chest on social media about XYZ percentage goes to this. Like, I, I don't need the ego stroke. I don't need people patting me on the back telling me, congratulations, you're so great for giving what you give to the university. Like, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. I'll do my thing behind the scenes, give to the players that we give to, and it's nobody's business what I do and do not give. If I'm giving zero, it's none of your business. If I'm giving 100000 a month, it's also none of your business. So being in another man's pocket is high-key weird. It's very weird. It's, it's a strange thing. It's a strange thing. But to each their own, I guess. Uh, anyways, guys, Cody Gaskins, what's up, man? I see you with the eye emojis. I see you, my guy. Shit going crazy. Yeah, anybody's welcome to call in, by the way. Anybody's welcome to call in. So. Cody G, please tell Dak's brother that I'll be in town. Tell whoever you want that I will, that I'll be in town. I I, I mean, I, it's it's so funny, the the people that chirp on social media, that uh, it's, they're never about the action, so. They're never about the action. It's it's very weak. It's weak sauce. It's weak sauce. So, Gamecock fan, you've never gotten to NIL. I have records. I Please publish those records, my guy. I love that. Please publish those records, my friend. I, I love that. You have absolutely no idea what we have and have not given. So, I'm going I'm to leave it alone, guys. If you want me to be transparent about NIL, I mean, we literally have an NIL deal in place with Spencer Rattler and his team, the Beamer Rattler merch. So... You know, am I going to tell you percentages, how much? No, I'm absolutely not. Because, again, that's nobody's business except me, Spencer Rattler, and his team. That's not the business of anybody on YouTube. But I'll just let the people go, man. It's hilarious. People, listen, <clears throat> Gamecock fan is probably famously Garnet's burner account. I have no idea. But th those people that talk trash, because I see it, and I, I don't comment on it on social media because there's simply no need. And, listen, I, there's the, the hate is not reciprocated. All the people who make merchandise in the Gamecock space, go buy the merch. Go support the merch. Like, the more, the merrier. So, let's jump to the phone line here. From hey, Chris. To accept, press one. All right, he hung up. Call back in. 804 number. Call back in. But uh, it, it's some of the energy I see, you know, it's go buy the merch for sure. But some of the people I see – I don't think they're mad because of who is who is and who is not giving or not giving or whatever NIL. They're mad because their merch isn't selling. And if so, that's what you're mad about, so be it. But just say that. You're not mad that me or the university or 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 another another entity that's making merchandise. You're not mad that however much they're giving to NIL or not, you're mad because your merchandise that you're making isn't selling so just just keep it a buck call it for what it is call it for what it is um anyways yeah let's talk baseball no doubt joey 80 i got brooms for sale lewis grant shane hates you well that's really weird that uh, he hates us and he, we, he follows us on social media i guess he just wants to keep tabs i don't know lewis grant chris you ran from evan from tito's and chicken i don't recall that at all i don't run from any man so, anyways, 84379-0337, guys. Let's get into the actual commentary people care about. Uh, the, the comments are popping here today. The comments are popping. Again, I run from no man. All that social media chatter, all that chit-chat, all the people that have threatened to come to our tour events. And, listen, I'm easy to find. Anybody out there, I'm easy to find. That's all I'll say. 
So, and, and, and ain't nobody come up to me yet. So I, I'll just leave it at that. I have run from no man, I can assure you. And I also, by the way, I have no problem with Evan from Tito's and Chicken. He and I are on good terms and have spoken in person and taught baseball, and Evan's a great guy, and they do a great job with their shows. So I don't even know why you'd bring it up. So anyways, uh, let's see. Yeah, getting to 20 SEC wins. 20 SEC wins I think is very realistic. Very, very realistic. Obviously, as you should hear, what, 13-4? and 13-4 and four in SEC play, 12 games to go, no doubt. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if this team did not get to 20 SEC wins. And I think when the projections come out by 11.7, D1, I mean, you're certainly going to see South kind of either be the two or three seed in the top eight national seed. And it's just, I mean, what a weekend, man. You, you talk about the bats. And I really thought, guys, it was going to be a high-scoring weekend. Of course, I picked South Carolina to win two of three. Gamecock sweep, and I'm sure I'll get dragged through the mud for that prediction just for being wrong. <clears throat> even though South Carolina took the series. But, uh, you know, we talk about the sticks a lot, and deservedly so. I mean, what you did, what Ethan Petrie's doing, what Dylan Brewer's doing, what Cole Messina, the list goes on and on of these guys that are producing on a day-in, day-out basis. And, I mean, this, the, the when you think about a year ago to the date, that a year ago to the date, we called for Mark Kingston's firing. I called for it. And everybody in this fan base, I'd say 99%, were on board with it that it was time for a change. You look a year now later to today, and what this lineup is doing and the effect that Monty Lee has had, the effect that Monty Lee has had on this ball club. And I, I give Mark Kingston, I, I think he deserves all the credit because I said it on the show, the podcast that dropped this morning. If South Carolina was losing, Mark Kingston would be getting all the blame. So I, I give Monty Lee tons of credit, tons of credit, because the hitting philosophy and the approach, it's completely changed. The mindset of the plate has changed. But you can't, be in a situation to where you'd be putting all your energy into, and I'm, I'm talking to myself as well, you'd be putting all your energy into calling for Kingston's job if they were losing, but you're not going to give him any credit if they're winning. You just can't do that. You can't pick and choose whatever fits your narrative or whatever makes you feel good. you got to give a lot of credit to Mark Kingston. I think Mark Kingston, from what I can tell, you know, you see the – the post game with, with with David Cromer sitting there as his bodyguard. You, you listen to some of the things that Mark Kingston has said. And we talked about this in the preseason, right? About, you know, he was saying some things. I was like, maybe Mark Kingston's turned a new leaf. Maybe he's evolved as a coach. I think there's been an evolution for Mark Kingston. I, I really do. I, I think there has. I think it started last summer with, you know, removing the potential ego, if you will, from hiring a guy like Monty Lee. I mean, this is a dude that had been at South Carolina before. He was the head coach at the arch rival. He knew Gamecock fans loved this guy, and he knew that Gamecock Nation was calling for his job. Did not matter. He was able to say, you know what? I'm putting my ego and pride to the side. I'm going to bring this guy in because he can help our ball club, right? Then Kingston goes out in the transfer portal. Does a great job picking up guys that can help the ball club win. And, I mean, certainly, guys, it goes without saying what those players have done for you. And I'm just sensing more of a, a relaxed – fun you know he talked about this in the preseason again that he used to treat every game as life or death and he was so serious and so uptight and it seems like Mark Kingston has loosened up a little bit I think Kingston's evolution as a coach and of course we're not behind closed doors so maybe I'm being a little bit too bold or I'm assuming too much but I think Kingston's evolved from what I can tell I think he's evolved as a coach as a person and uh, it's paying off major dividends so you got to give major kudos to Kingston what he's done of course it's all hands on deck. Everyone's played a major part, especially Monty Lee, Justin Parker, your pitching coach. But 
Kingston's the guy at the very top. He takes all the blame, and he should also get all the credit for a job well done this season. So, I mean, it's 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 great to see, and this is what we all wanted. This is what we all wanted. We wanted to see uh, this evolution. We wanted to see South going to win. I, I want to win much more than I want a new baseball coach, right? I mean, it's – I remember some people in the preseason talking about, well, should we just lose a whole lot so that uh, – you know, so that we uh, so that we get a new coach, and it's like, no, no, no. We want the Yardcocks to win, bottom line. We want the Yardcocks to win. And as I mentioned before, I'd, I'd love to see Kingston be the coach here in 10 years, 15 years. That means he's winning. That means he's winning on a consistent basis. And, I mean, what a season, man. What a season. What a bounce back. I said over the weekend, I think he should be in consideration for National Coach of the Year because the, the job that he's done to this point is just it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So, Anyways, guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. 843-790-3377. Of course, we got Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, upcoming at 115. 115. He will join us. Uh, let's see. Have you booked your hotel for Omaha yet? Not quite yet, but I will be there. I will absolutely be there. Lynn Turner, no clue we'd have that much success against Florida starters. I knew the bullpen was suspect, especially without their closure, but those games were one. Before the closer would have even been a factor. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we knew that the bullpen was suspect. We absolutely knew that. But South Carolina, they, they just, you know, we go week in a weekend talking about how good this rotation is, that rotation is. And, and, and we've run into some buzzsaws, right? Vandy, for example. But this lineup doesn't care, man. The harder you throw, the farther it goes. And, and these guys are not intimidated. It doesn't matter if you're throwing. I mean, here's the thing. At this point, like, you've hit Paul schemes. You're not seeing anybody throwing harder than that. You're, you're just not. You're not seeing you're, – you're seeing few with better stuff. So, like, I don't want to sit here and say there's not a pitcher in the country that can get you out, but, like, you're you're a tough out no matter who's on the mound. I, I mean, you are. I, I think this is a lineup that is, that is showing that it's going to play in the postseason. Like, can you get cold in baseball? Yeah, absolutely can. And that's the question mark with this team, as I've mentioned over and over, is it that – Will South Carolina be playing their best baseball when it matters most? That's what really matters. That's the question, right? This team's good enough to win it all. We know that. This team's good enough to win it all. Are you going to be this hot when we get to end of May, beginning of June? Are you going to be this hot? That's the question. But, I mean, this lineup, I, I, I don't think there's a pitcher out there that you look at and say he's just unhittable for this group. This group doesn't care, man. This group, the more accolades you have and the harder you throw and, and the more hype you get, it just seems like they're better. I mean, it just seems like they're better. So it's uh, it's wild. It's wild for sure. Absolutely wild. How about famously Garnet tuning in on YouTube? Look at this. Look at this. I don't have time to troll you. I have a job. I hear you, my friend. Hey, keep up the good work. Congratulations, all the great merchandise stuff you guys have been doing. I you're not you're listen, you're not gonna catch the reciprocal hate from this way, my friend. I got no hate for you. I got no disdain for you. I'll let you continue to chirp away on social media, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and I think there's a lot of great fan accounts out there. Famously, Garnet's one of them, and, and you guys are doing a great job keeping spreading the good word of Gamecock Nation. And, I mean, I, there's no, there's no uh, you know, you guys, Cox by 90, Tito's and Chicken, Gamecock Insider, who are, who are others? Uh, Gamecocks today, the list goes on and on, man. It's like I said, Gamecock fans, I mean, I, I don't think there's a fan base and a school out there that has a better group of creators. You got people that do it full-time, part-time, 
some of the time, barely any of the time, but you have so many different options. As a Gamecock fan, in regards to consuming content, podcasts, graphics, video, Twitter spaces, live shows, I mean, whatever it might be, how blessed is Gamecock Nation? There are so many different options, right? There are so many different options. May the best man win. How about that? Uh, let's see. What is your starting rotation like going into the postseason? Why does it absolutely have to include Noah Hall? I mean, if Noah Hall's healthy, it's got to include him for sure. If Noah Hall's healthy, it's got to include him. The unfortunate thing is I don't know that he'll be back. We shall see. I mean, again, I've, I've heard some not great things about his status potentially for, you know, the postseason, if you will, or just the season in general. You know, and I, and I, We'll see what happens. I mean, there's been no official word, but if he's back, I mean, I, I mean, dude, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you got to put him back in there. Um, you know, if he can go, if he's 100%, if not, it is what it is. And I think you still feel good, right? Matthew Becker's pitching his ass off. He's pitching his ass off in that game three. I like what Jack Mahoney's doing in the game two. You know, I, I, he pitches with great emotion. And, you know, you'd love to see him go a little bit longer in a ball game, but, um, you know, it, it's he, he's doing great things for you as well. But Matthew Becker has really taken that. I mean, and we shouldn't be surprised, right? Becker's a guy who pitched uh, – he pitched on the weekends last year and was was really, really good. So, was really, really good. Um, let's see. Bob Underwood, Kingston's done really well this year. Monty Lee's been an outstanding addition to the staff. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Monty Lee's been incredible. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Lynn Turner, healthy Noah Hall has been our most consistent st- starter this year. Yeah, he was pretty consistent when he was healthy. It's, it, I mean, it's 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 crazy when you think about the injuries. You know, you, three of your four, and you're starting infield out right now. Noah Hall's been out. Um, will Sanders, you know, skipped a week, if you will, and, and you still sit here 13 and four in SEC play, and that really speaks to the the depth. It really speaks to, um, I mean, just again the quality pitching depth that you have. So. Um, let's see. Babes and Waves. Yeah, we're coming to Myrtle Thursday, my friend. We'll be in Myrtle Thursday, 6 o'clock. It'll all get going. The tour will conclude. The tour will conclude uh, this Thursday night, Myrtle Beach. Uh, I think I saw somebody tweet one time or tweet tweet at the beginning that uh, don't come to Myrtle Beach. We will heckle. Heckle away, my friend. I hope so. I hope they do come heckle. Makes it more fun. The beauty's in the banter, so... Like I said, guys, it, it's funny. You see the people chirping on social media and saying all this. Don't come here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're Don't come to this game. We'll do that. Haven't had it happen once, man. It's, it's funny. People will say anything on social media in real life. Most, if not all, are just, just not about any sort of action. So it is what it is. We'll have a good time. We'll have a good time. The action that will take place, though, the action will take place uh, will be the tour event. We'll be selling the merchandise, of course, T-shirts, towels, koozies, t- koozies to give away, you name it. Yeah, Bruin Nation. Bruin Nation, what's up, man? By the way, Bruin Nation, I thought about you yesterday because obviously I was up here out and about and I saw a South Florence, uh, South Florence's baseball field. So I saw the Bruins and I saw the logo and it made me think of you. So I was like, up oh, Bruin Nation. Bruin Nation, there you go. So <laughs> it was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, Travi, just don't understand why all the co- creators can't coexist. Go grind your business and worry about your own entity. Travi, well, they can. They can. They can. They absolutely can. Um, and they do. I mean, I think they absolutely do. So, yeah. Now, Travi, the, the, to your point, they can coexist. Can they coexist without hate, though? That's the question. 
That's the question. So, and for some, no, some, no, the, the, the envy and the jealousy and the disdain that people have, that some people have, instead of, you know, doing what they need to do to put themselves in a position to get out of the cube and quit their nine to five and, and talk about their favorite team full time. Instead of putting their head down and doing that, they'd rather spew nonsense on social media, which is fine, which is fine, by the way. Twitter's a madhouse and an insane asylum, and it's why we unblock everyone. Because, again, why not let the chaos run free and just keep running up our numbers? I mean, I, I really appreciate it. Not that we need it, but it's a lot of fun. It makes the Twitter app, the Bird app, uh, a complete madhouse, which is fun. But, um, no, I mean, listen, content creators, other content creators can coexist, Right. They can absolutely coexist. It's it's staying in their lane and not having envy and jealousy at every turn that I think is what you need to be. That's more so the question, why can't people exist without doing that? That's the question you need to ask yourself. So, I don't know. I, the answer is I don't know. I don't know why. I think that's something you have, you'd have to look internally in the person and, and what is keeping them up at night, what is driving them to a point of misery and, and disdain with their own life that – that, you know, they feel the need to spew the nonsense. You know what I mean? So, anyways, let's see. Carolina Jackpot. Yes, what a guy. Will Hall says, 20 SEC wins, definitely doable. I think Arkansas away is our toughest remaining series. Feeling good about taking the others. We don't play well in Kentucky either on the bluegrass, but think we can take it. Uh, yeah, Kentucky's always been weird for us. I remember having Drew Crisp on the show. This was a couple of years ago, but he talked about <clears throat> just going to Lexington. I think that was actually their old ballpark too, though. But Kentucky's kind of a weird one, right? Because you, you just don't think of Kentucky as some powerhouse, baseball powerhouse. But that's one, certainly. They're having a really good year. And they're just kind of like quietly. What are they ranked today? I don't know. But they've quietly just been a top 15 team all year. You know what I mean? Like having a great season. It's still like nobody talks about Kentucky baseball. Because, um, again, you just don't think about them as, as one of the elites, if you will. But they're a tough out, certainly. I mean, that series at Bomb, man, is going to be legendary. And I know that Arkansas just got swept by Georgia, but it's it's different when you obviously go on the road. And, uh, you know, it'll be a tough one. I mean, Arkansas is very good. They're, they're very, very good. Uh, that was a shocking result, I think, when you saw over the weekend that uh, Georgia swept them. That was very shocking for sure. So, a lot of fun baseball left, no doubt. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from? Justin. Justin, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, Chris. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Hey, Chris. I had a good week. I, I glad my I glad the game comes before the uh, sweet. Uh, I was happy about that. Yeah, it was a great weekend, man. Absolutely a great weekend. And uh, I mean, this is a maybe magical is too strong of a word, but uh, a, a hell of a season. I mean, really, truly. And 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 you know, I felt confident that South Carolina would bounce back in a big way on the home field, Founders Park. The Rowdy Roosters, by the way, were incredible. 82-42 sellouts all weekend long. And, I mean, one of the best environments in all of college baseball as it should have been for a team that's ranked uh, where South Carolina is right now. So, yeah, it was a great weekend, man. All in all, the Gamecocks made a big statement for sure. Oh, yeah. And, Chris, the only good news I got for you, uh, I got a bit lost. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They got blasted. <laughs> they got blasted by Tennessee. So, that helped us because now South Carolina sits number one in the SEC. So, I mean, it's just it's just wild, man. If you'd have told me that before the season, hey, the Gamecocks are going to be at this point in the year number one in the SEC, I probably would have said you were crazy. And and sure enough, look what's happening. Sure enough, look what's happening. So, oh, yeah. 
I agree, Chris. And Chris, I was thinking about this going to happen. Right? No point. The Giggles going to be in number one, right? I, if you keep winning, I think the odds that you're at some point number one are fairly decent. You know, I think if LSU, as I said earlier, if LSU keeps winning and, you know, all things stay consistent, even if you keep winning, I think LSU is going to remain the number one team in college baseball, which, dude, it's, it's totally fine. Because here's the thing, man, as great as these top 25 rankings are, and they're so much fun to talk about, I know – Kendall Rogers and company at D1, they, you know, they, uh, you know, they have a field day with it with fans coming at them. But, dude, once the postseason starts, I mean, we're a top eight national seed. Guess what, man? The number eight national seed has the same advantage as the number one. You get to host a super. I mean, that's literally it. So, uh, the only difference is, I think, in Omaha, maybe it plays at who's the home team or away team. But, I mean, once the postseason gets going, man, it, it really doesn't matter. It's, it's a new season at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree, Chris. And the thing about the, thing about the SC, Chris, this is a strong conference, Chris. The SC always goes to World Series every year and win. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, for sure. No, you're absolutely right, man. So, I mean, I, I think the Gamecocks are in great position. You know, you, you get a much-needed week to rest for guys like Talmadge, Lee Croy, Gavin Cassis. I think Will McGillis should be getting close to coming back. So, this will be a great week for this team to a great week for this team to just kind of hit the reset, not reset button, but rest up, if you will, and, and get ready for a big Auburn series. Yeah, I wait too, because the team needs a break. Um and Chris, don't don't tell me watching baseball is um Chris, I can't remember what teams are good uh in the Pat Trail, because I don't have a fair Pat Trail baseball team. What about you? Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not very familiar with the Pac twelve, honestly, man. I mean the best baseball's played. In the SEC, I mean, just looking at the latest top 25, which they have not updated on, let's see, here it is. The latest top 25, I mean, Stanford is the highest rated Pac-12 team at eighth, and they were a preseason, I believe, top three team. So uh, Stanford's kind of the cream of the crop of the Pac-12, and you got Arizona State, of course, out there as well. They're 17th. Uh, Oregon State's 22nd. Oregon's 23rd, so wow. some quality baseball for sure. But, yeah, programs like Southern Cal, those guys have really fallen off for whatever reason. But uh, the SEC, I mean, that, that's 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 the cream of the crop in, in college baseball. Oh, yeah. And Chris, if you had to pick a Pat Chad baseball team, who would it be? I'd say Stanford. I mean, I'd say Stanford. I think there's a reason they were so highly rated in the preseason. I'd still go Stanford uh, as in regards to picking a team that uh, I think is the best. Yeah, and Chris, I go with Stanford too because listen, I, I like I like to see California baseball teams that whatsoever, but they're good, right, Chris? They are. They're really good. Yeah, they they play they play good baseball on the West Coast, man. Cal State, Fullerton, Long Beach State. Yeah, they play some really good base. San Diego, they play some good baseball out there. Oh yeah, because California's a big state, huh? Because you can go cool where you want, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Again, there's plenty of good players. They got plenty of tradition. Justin, I appreciate the call as always, my friend. Uh, it's uh, always a blast to hear from you. And uh, like I said, enjoy the season, my guy. It's a magical season, no, 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 no doubt. Oh, yeah, Chris. I agree, but well, Take care, but uh, go Gamecocks. Go Gamecocks. Justin, you're the man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from our friend Justin. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. With that being said, we are going to jump into our first break. Do not forget – We've got Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, upcoming at 1.15. So make sure you stay tuned for that and get your questions in before his appearance around 1.15 or so. Again, guys, uh, we're going to be right back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. 
All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Monday, an electric Monday. The comments in the first 40 minutes or so are just nothing short of an electric factory. So thank you all so much for making this entertaining already to this point. Um, yeah, anyways, we'd love to hear from you all. What a weekend it was. South Carolina sweeps. The Florida Gators. That being said, let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. <clears throat> Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. I just uh, finished eating lunch, and now I'm watching the Spurs Up show. How are you doing? My man, I'm doing well. Just been making content this morning, drinking my coffee, and now I'm hosting the Spurs Up show. What's going on? <laughs> uh, I, I think this past weekend – we showed that we are definitely a top three baseball team, okay? Because, and it is well-deserved solely based off of how we've played the last several, for, for, for basically the entire season. Yeah, basically the entire season. We have won more games this year than we did last year. And I will be absolutely shocked if Mark Kingston does not get coach of the year. The turnaround that we've made, I would be in utter dismay if Kingston did not get coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think there's a great case to make for it. Robbie, I, I think there's an absolutely great case to make for it. I mean, the, the turnaround that's occurred, and I think South Carolina, uh, I could be mistaken. I don't think I am, though. Gamecocks are th – okay, so 34-6 and six is tied for the best record in college baseball with Wake Forest. So, I mean, to go from what you were last year to that is – yeah, I mean, I, I think the turnaround's been insane, and uh, I think certainly if, if the season continues the way it's going, you – could make a great case for him getting that National Coach of the Year award. For sure. And I even said it before the season started. Like, after last season? Mm -hmm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, how do you not get, like, we had a horrible, and I mean horrible, season last year, okay? Like, it was to the, it was, I was almost to the point where I didn't even want to watch or listen to any games. It was that bad, okay? Yeah, last year was tough. I mean, if, if, if two and, seasons had complete polar opposites, it would be last year and this year. No, no question. And I, and there have been times where I've been <clears> watching games, watching games this year. I'm like, where the heck was this last year? Like, where was this team last year? Like, I know this is the same team from last year, kind of, sort of, but where was this at last year? Mm-hmm. If this team would have been here, would have been here last year, we'd be a top eight seed, no question. Well, yeah, Robbie, I mean, it, this is a completely different team than the team we had last year. We didn't have Monty Lee. I mean, this, this team's totally different. Team's totally different. So, um, you know, it's give Mark Kingston again a lot of credit for putting the pieces in place to build it, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean what, what they're doing right now is is special for sure. Yeah, and last thing, and then I'll get off of here. I have definitely noticed while watching games live on TV, the players are not like uptight. They're not they're not nervous. They don't play scared. They just go out there, have fun, and just play the game and that's what you got to do because if you play any sport tight you're gonna mess up but you also got to play loose but also understand you're gonna make mistakes but it's also about how you respond to those mistakes and I think we responded very well like even in games where I was like there was a game a couple about a month ago we were losing by like I think three runs and and Marion R twenty six looked at me and said the game is over and I looked at him and said I said a game is never over until it is over and then lo and behold mm-hmm. we came back and won the baseball game like if you would have saw my reaction okay in person you would have thought the football team just won a national title okay I'm just saying like it was like my my reaction was absolutely insane I'm sure it was Robbie I lo- I love your energy as always my friend. I love your energy as always. No problem. And I hope you have a fantastic week. And I hope you had a great weekend, by the way. Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. For sure. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Great stuff. Appreciate you. Again, 843-790-337. Yes, my guy, Skyland, you want to call in? I know Skyland was hitting me during the break. Uh, You're more than welcome to call in. Here we go. Skyland, what's up, man? How you doing? (laughs) What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What's going on? I feel you. I feel you. Oh, man. What a surprise this season has been for sure. I would have never thought Mark Kinks' teams would play like this for sure. And the previous pass, it really don't make me feel like, you know, this is this is all Muddy Lee's doing. Well, I mean, I, I think you definitely have to give a lot of credit. It'd be unfair not to. But to your point, yeah, I mean, it's, you got to give Kingston the same amount as well. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you give Kingston the credit because it's not just Monty Lee and then the exact team from last year. Like, 
Kingston went out and got a bunch of guys from the portal, right? Um, right. I mean, some of which you obviously aren't playing right now because of injury, but I mean, you, you've seen the McGillises, the Cassises, the... It's interesting to think, by the way, I was about to mention Caleb Denny. Like, when's the last time he saw the field? When's the last time he got an at-bat? Like, I don't think – I think he's done for the year. With an injury or just, just beat out? Uh, beat out. Wow, crazy. That's that's almost hard to believe with how hot he was early on. And you they know what, though? Denny could be one of those guys, man, in the postseason. You need a pinch hit A.B., and you never know. A guy like Caleb Denny might be – might have the opportunity to be a hero. You know what I mean? So, that's just – baseball is kind of – baseball is that way, man. Baseball is that way. They're working They're working on his swing because they say it's too long, and he'll never hit SEC pitch, and he strikes out too much because he has such a long swing. Right. So, they're trying to uh, shorten that up and get him ready, mm. possibly for the postseason if he can get it down. Mm. And, you know, you play baseball. You swing so, so much so far – it's something like that for so long. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. It's muscle memory. It's hard to change muscle memory. Right. So they're trying to change it and work on it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Anyway, I remember me and you both. We thought the game cost would be about right about now at the end of the year, 33, <laughs> 32, 35. But we both said if they swung the bat, it would be a forty-win season, and that they have. And yeah. I'm sorry if it makes people mad. I I mean, yes, Mark Kingston went and hired Monty Lee. And to this day, I'm still convinced that if it went for Monty Lee, this, this team would have been bad. And so I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out here and say fire Kingston because he's winning. But I wouldn't mind if they did and gave it to Monty Lee because in my mind, I'm just, I just want to keep the fan. I hear you, my guy. I, I, you know, it made me laugh though because we're 34 and six right now, and I had 34 and 22 as my as my pick. So I'm like, well, same year, same yeah, year. I had so 32 and 35. Think, think we're think we're gonna exceed. I think we're gonna exceed that 34 and, and 22 prediction. So right. Let me ask you this: the rumor always was it was super or bust for Kingston. Hmm. And we've always said we could have had a good year, got to the Supers, got to the got, got to the regionals, got to the Supers, went to Omaha, won. We could have, um, you know, won a regional but lost in a Super very bad. Or even got to a regional and got beat out on your home field. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, with such a good season this has been, if we do, of course we are, my bad, it ain't no if we do. Because I 100% believe we're a top eight seed and no one, we're one of the best baseball teams in the nation. We show it day in and day out. But what if, what if we do, we run into a team that's well coached and that, you know, don't walk us and we can't get homers against and we lose the regional? Do you think Mark Kingston deserves another year after this season has went the way it went? If you stay on pace, Skyline, if you stay on pace for what you're doing right now, which is win the SEC East, okay? Because that's what you're on pace to do. And I think and that's you're a on vi- pace to win the SEC too, by the way. Right, right. Win the SEC. And that's a very realistic thing. Like that's not an outlandish thing. Like you were tracking to do that. Okay. At this point, it's become to or at this point it's come to if, if this team doesn't go to Omaha, it, it's gonna be disappointing because you feel like you know, we know we've got the, the team in place. We we have the team capable of doing so. 
But I mean, if you win, dude, you're you're literally on pace to win like 47, 48 games. I mean, you're you're gonna be creeping close to 50 wins. Truly, you are. 50 wins. You are. So you do that, you're a top eight national seed. Yes, I, I I will be willing to say that Mark Kingston has secured his place to come back next year no matter what. So okay. I because I, I just think here's the thing, Skylin. Even if you got, even if things, which I don't think it would happen. I, I don't, you know, baseball is a crazy game. Who knows when, when you could lose if you lose. And to your point, you know, you say, what if a what if a team doesn't walk us? They don't hit us. They don't. I mean, yes, Colin, if you face a pitcher and he executes to a perfect level, well, nobody's going to beat him. I mean, it's it's possible. Nobody's done it yet, though, or very few have done it. So, yeah, I mean, that could they could that happen? Sure, but I, I just think that here's the thing, realistically. Let's say you win 48 games and you win the SEC. Who in the world would want to come here after you – I don't care what round you lose in. Say you lose in the regionals. Let's say you go 2-Q. and Q, But you can't fire Kingston, dude, because nobody's going to want to take the job. Because it's like, wow, they, that guy that won 48 games and was a top eight national seed, he couldn't keep his job. Like, I, I just think you'd almost be setting – and I'm one that, hey, I believe in having the high expectations. Right, I, I believe in it. But the turnaround that's taken place, I, I just don't think I, – I think Kingston's earned his way back. I, I do. I think he's earned his way back. And I think, you know, no matter what, Skyland, I mean, you, you get eliminated in the postseason, it's, it's going to be disappointing. We're going to be upset. Nobody's going to be happy about it, whether it's the regionals, the Supers, or you lose in Omaha. Like, nobody's going to be happy about that, to lose. Um, so, you know, again, though, to answer your question, I, I think Kingston's safe. I think he's back, and I'd even argue to say that he's – He's earned his way back. I, I would even argue to say that. Anyway, I 100% agree with you. I don't disagree with you. I think your uh, commenter down there, Travis Lowell, Lowell, mm-hmm. he says, how Skyline knows this stuff? Roswell did not say he won that game. Uh, you know, Lee Croy got hurt, and Braswell was in the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Braswell, Braswell, to your point, Skyline, was warming up. And uh, because of Lee Croy's injury, he came in and played third. But he was going to pitch, from what I was told. So, and, and by you yes. as well, and by people that were there, they were like, they were like, "Yo, Braswell's in the bullpen, getting loose." So, uh, yeah, it was going to happen. And you know, a lot of your what you called the Dylan Askew thing. So, you know, put put some respect on Skyland's name. There, there's information that uh, you know you don't have to be a quote unquote Gamecock insider with a certain entity to have. Quality no, information. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't believe in that. I think that's silly. That's foolish. That people may think that you have to have to do that. But uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, it was a good call. By the way, side note, my guy Ethan Petri, shocker, SEC freshman of the week for the fourth time this season, just dropped. So he's gonna be SEC player of the year. The way yeah. he's going. Yeah. No, I, I think so. I, I, it's either gonna be him or probably Dylan Cruz, one of those two. Anyway, so. I'm gonna get off of here. I'm just gonna say this: the postseason is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. This season has been fun, mm-hmm. and I have enjoyed every minute of it. And I will be down there Saturday. And you know, I just you know, one thing I don't hope, and you can agree with this probably, is not having a midweek game. I hope it don't hurt us more than it helps us. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, Skyland. I appreciate you, my friend. You're the man. All right, appreciate it. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff from Skyland Davis. Great stuff from Skyland. I'll just say this to his point, by the way, about does it help you, does it hurt you, or whatever. Um, you know, I think it's obviously going to help from the injury front. It's going to help for sure. 
you know, I just think it's one of those things, though, that when you're a team like South Carolina and you're as hot as you are, I mean, hell, man, you want to play every day, right? Stay hot, get hot, stay hot, right? You, you want to get back out there on the field. You're itching to get back on the field and, and not have a lull, not have a break, if you will. But I think this is this is great for this team to, to get healthy, um, to, to you know, get some guys. You know, hopefully a guy like Talmadge Lecroy is able to come back. Hopefully Gavin Cassis, McGillis continues to recover. I mean, again, it's it's – you know, as they lick their wounds, if you will. And also your pitchers get a rest. Your pitchers get a rest. And, guys, I was just taking a look at the numbers. Uh, shout out to Purple and Gold, the Texas Tiger, on social media. This guy does an incredible job putting all of these uh, these pitching statistics together. South Carolina, total pitching, starting and relieving. South Carolina, the best pitching staff in the SEC by the numbers, a 3-2-5 ERA. And also, when you just look at SEC play, total weekend pitching. Just SEC play, hey, or actually weekend. So it includes your non-conference weekends as well. But South Carolina still at the very top. A 3-6-6 staff ERA. Um, or actually, excuse me. Okay, let's see. Okay, there's four. Total conference only. 4-2-2. Two, two. So still number one. So the Gamecocks, bottom line, are number one, though, in pitching. So, uh, you know, when you've got that combo, you got great pitching, you see what you're doing swinging the sticks. I mean, it really just does speak to why this team's having such a great year, such a great season. So, Brian Dean, yes, Beamer is killing the recruiting trail, no doubt. Yeah, he's crushing it. He's crushing it. Austin Gray, over under, how many Daily Crow Chris doesn't have a hat on? I'd probably say if I put a number on it, Austin, it'd be over the course of a year, Austin. I'd go six and a half, like maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I rock the hat most of the time, but it is funny. It, It is funny. It is funny how it seems like every time I don't wear a hat, I, I don't know what it is. If, like, the slap dicks, they see the little thumbnail, like, he's not wearing a hat, today's a good day to troll. I, I don't know what it is, but it seems like every time I don't wear a hat, shit hits the fan for whatever reason. I have no idea. Either way, though, it is, uh, it's fun. The beauty's in the banter. Maddox Free, go Cox. Appreciate you. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Ethan says, I'm ready to admit that I was wrong about Kingston. He has earned the right to be here after this year. I mean, he's he's done what we all hoped he would. And I'm sure you guys saw on social media, a year ago to the date is when I finally caved and called for Kingston's job. So, Dude, I, I'm I'm I couldn't be happier. I could not be happier with the way it's going. I I, I truly couldn't be happier. I didn't want to be the guy calling for Kingston's job, guys. I, I don't I don't I don't like being that guy. I don't like calling for jobs. I, I don't like. But at that point last year, I mean that that was that was the least hot take of all time. I mean, people will give me hell of you didn't believe, it. dude. That was that was the least hot take ever. Least hot take. Everybody was on board with that. Everybody was on board with that. So, Gamecock, <laughs> Jason Brown says he's going to sue people for using slapdick thoughts. Can you sue someone for just saying a word? Can you? I don't think you can sue someone for a tweet, but. Whatever he can bring that ass if he wants to sue, that's fine. We'll we'll, we'll just why not? I mean, even be another another fun chapter to the world of TSUS. Um, no, I I think we're fine. 
Uh, what it so what did SDS post? Are you talking about the are you talking about the Auburn thing? Austin Greer, which specific tweet are you talking about? Two minutes ago. Oh, the SEC is considering taking away home games as a punishment for storming the field. Wow. Bro, that's absurd. That's that's just dumb. Wow. <laughs> That'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. Rule changes. That's that's yeah, that's crazy. Saturday Down South just tweeted that. Saturday Down South just tweeted that. All the space on my forehead to land the jokes. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't show my forehead off a whole lot. So, Skyland says, you're good. I got the same old baseball players that went to South Carolina as friends, and me and Chris keep each other in the loop. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate Skyland. I know that Skyland does a great job, by the way, with the the baseball community on Facebook. I, I Admittedly, I don't get into – I don't take a lot of time to look at Facebook groups, stuff like that. I stay pretty busy, but uh, I know Skyland does a great job with pe- keeping people engaged and, and informed and on the baseball side of things. So, again, guys, it's like I mentioned earlier, and I know some will probably think that I, I, I meant it sarcastically, and uh, I didn't. I mean, the more the merrier. I mean, listen. It doesn't matter what the entity is. The Welcome Home Podcast, Famously Garnet, Cox by 90, Tito's and Chicken, uh, whatever other ones are out there, whether it be the Gamecock Central guys, the Big Spur, Go Gamecocks, the state, what have you. I mean, you know, uh, uh, who else? Who else is out there? Fan-sided, SB Nation. I mean, dude, the more the merrier, man. The, the more the merrier. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've always said, too, like, if it's your dream to talk Gamecocks and talk sports and, like, you want to do that – I would never hold somebody hold back someone from that, and I would only be here to help. Like, I've never understood the and I, you know I, I actually I say this I do because I've I've been that guy years ago when I first started that was that was driven somewhat by envy and jealousy and hate and a chip on my shoulder and not being happy. But my unhappiness stemmed from my own situation. I was unhappy with my own life, being in the cube. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to do my own thing. I had these big dreams and visions and goals, and I saw others doing that, and I thought, why is that not me? But instead of just constantly spewing hate and negativity and nonsense, and I did that. Let, let, me not, let me not make you think I did not. I did that. I got in way more Twitter spats than I should, and I got in way more just – I got myself in a way more nonsense than I should have. But also while doing that, we put the work in consistently. We put the work in over the last six years, and that's why TSUS is where it is. But there is no hate for any other entity out there. I think all the other entities are doing a great job. And so I, I don't even understand. I don't understand the hate within the, the community, if you will. Like, if you disagree with things I do, I say, whatever, that's totally fine. I, I mean, there's plenty of people that hate me. You, you'll cert, you're certainly not the first, and you won't be the last. It is what it is. It feels good to be hated. I mean, really, it does. Honestly, it feels good. At this point, it's, it's, it, I think it's almost cool to hate the Spurs Up show to agree, which is fine. A lot of people that follow me don't like me, which is hilarious, but that's the nature of the beast. But, you know, I, I embrace it fully. But the hate's not reciprocated. It's, it's just flat out not. So, um, you know, again, I mean it when I say there's tons of great entities out there. There's tons of great merchandise you can go buy. And, hey, here's the bottom line is this. I would say to all the entities – we're all we're all we're all hitting the pavement. We're all grinding. We're all doing our thing. Let the masses decide. The market always speaks. 
the market, the market always has honest feedback and you are where you are because you're meant to be there. And that's it. So anyways, guys, we're going to jump into a break. We got Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football upcoming on the side. We're talking South kind of football, SEC football. Very excited. His first appearance on TVC, all that and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we are back here on this Monday, April the 24th, 2023. Thank you all so much again for tuning in. Always bringing the heat, as always, we're getting this week. Started off on a high note. The beauty is truly in the banter. And guys, as I mentioned earlier, I'm very excited for the first time, and this is going to be every single Monday. We can never get enough college football talk, and he's been gracious enough to allow me on his airwaves, on his platform, to talk South Carolina football on a pretty consistent basis. I thought, why not return the favor? Because, again, there's never a bad time to talk college football and Gamecocks football. With that being said, Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, he joins us. Mark, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I know I got you a little zoomed in on the face with the way this thing sets up. I'm going to right on the noggin, my man. So I hope no, nobody wants that much of Mark Rogers. So we're going to do our <laughs> best to back that thing up as much yeah, as I yeah. possibly can. We yeah, got your yeah. forehead and now we well, got my full frame so, so, of face. So, yeah, so now, so now, you know, though, now you can make the adjustment again. It's, it's kind of the way it like squares absolutely. it up. I know that's a little bit different, but uh, Mark, anyways, man, I'm, I'm really excited for this. I'm thankful that you were open to doing it and just, Really value your thoughts and your insight on college football, South kind of football, anything and everything in between. So thank you so much for doing this, my friend. Really excited to chat with you. The the best thing I got out of that last segment, Chris, was we got an over-under on this uh, hat, no hat, because I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. I got my first glimpse of you, and I was like, I've never seen yeah. Chris without a hat on. What What is this? <laughs> and then you threw out the over-under at six and a half. I think you've got like a contest or a poll brewing that you could take advantage of here yeah it's, it's a rarity for me because I, I obviously again I, I love creating the merchandise we got so much of our own merch and so many of my own hats but I don't know man sometimes I just it's spur of the moment organically happens I'm like you know what just not feeling a hat today so anyways here we are but uh Mark enough about my hair let's get into some college football I want to first start with you about these rule changes came out over the weekend I believe that uh the, the rule that I think most notably is going to be in place the one the clock will run uh, after first downs. No longer will the clock stop unless it's within two minutes at the end of the half, so halftime and, of course, end of game. Your just overall thoughts on the rule changes that are happening within college football. I had a pretty strong pretty strong stance on it, Mark, that I, I just don't understand, like, who's asking for less college football? I mean, I think college football fans would watch games that they were six hours long, and I know that's a bit over-exaggeration, but – I just think it's an interesting rule change now. It almost feels like they're trying to make college football more resemble the NFL. Like your overall thoughts on those rule changes and kind of what's happening with the sport. Yeah, so the first thing I would want is some kind of explanation as to why this makes the game better. And that's one component of all these rule changes that we don't get from college football when there are announced rule changes. Why? Just give us an explanation. What was, even in, even if we can't necessarily believe it, 
what the explanation is. Give us an explanation. So for me, I think if anyone of an official capacity is going to be asked, what they are going to tell us is that they are uh, looking out for the players. They are eliminating plays. They're reducing the amount of action because mm -hmm. the season is going to be extended with a college football playoff going to 12 teams, that there's going to be more plays that these players have to take in overall throughout a season for many of them. Therefore, we're going to eliminate the number of plays in a game. And they've done that through a number of rule changes, these being the latest one. That's what they're going to say. However... Uh, as you know, I worked at ESPN for 19 years, and I worked in a department where I had full access to the inventory, meaning the ad inventory and how much it was worth, and, and actually needing to move that inventory around if we had games overlapping. Well, we're in a world where the noon games go to 345, 350, the kickoff of the 330 games at like 336. And they're not getting all their scheduled inventory in. Some of it has to be dropped. They speed up these games. They get the ad inventory in. They can make it uh, a nice little three-hour three football game. And they can look out for their sponsors and look out for themselves and maximize ad revenue. That's what I think is the impetus for all this. Now, how it affects the game, I think it makes it, you know, if you're going to stop the clock, inside of two minutes, obviously they're telling us that they want to give the offense an advantage the last two minutes because it's exciting to see an offense run down the field in the last 90 seconds of a half or the game with the game on the line. That's the only time you're going to see an offense needing to score in the last two minutes is if the game's on the line. So uh, they want to create that situation. So from an entertainment standpoint, I think that's a plus, uh, but I don't like rules that are conjured up that are kind of outside the framework of the rest of the game. And I'll give you an example. Kickoffs. There, there is, there is a framework. If you understand the game of football to the end zone and the way the end zone is treated, that's different than the rest of the field, you know, touchbacks, all those things that are involved with the end zone, whether it be <clears throat> with the offense going to the end zone or on the opposite side, like with a safety, obviously there's, there's, there's a special consideration for the end zone that, that makes sense in the structure of the game. But now we've got kickoffs because it was determined, Hey, we want to eliminate kickoffs or limit them to a large extent. So we are allowing guys to fair catch kickoffs at the two yard line, the seven yard line, the 18 yard line. And regardless of where they catch the ball on the field, comes out to the 25 yard line well that's a that's a contrived situation that it's there should be a different you know if you fair catch the ball at the two yard line on a punt you get the ball at the two yard line you know it's almost like i'll liken it to your sport what did major league baseball do during the covid season and, and i know when i say your sport it's your it's your sport as a player <laughs> um right. What, what did they do? They did. They went the softball route. You know, I had a daughter who played softball all the way through high school and, you know, extra innings. Let's throw a runner out at second base. OK, how did the runner get there? Well, this is a contrived situation. This is Bush League that, that nothing placed this runner on second base that was within the, the framework of the rules or the play. We just threw them out there. And I see this in the same way that why do we treat. Uh, situations on the field inside two minutes differently than we do the rest of the game.
Yeah, and I think that makes sense for sure. I mean, you, you bring up a great point, I think, that I did not think about in regards to the way that you approach the game and treat the game, and, and you're right. It, it, it feels like a weird thing. I want to get your instant reaction, Mark, on this. Speaking of rules, and then we'll, we'll get off of it, but uh, our friends over at Saturday Down South just posted this. Apparently, the SEC is reportedly considering ramping up punishments for fans storming the field after big wins. Sports Illustrated dropped this report. Apparently... For rushing the field, they are talking about taking away home games from SEC teams. For example, uh, you know, Pat Forty laid out the possibility for the upcoming season. Let's say Auburn upsets Georgia at Jordan-Hare. In response, the SEC would move Auburn's next home game against Georgia in 2025 to Athens, which would in turn, they would play in Athens for three straight years. Your thoughts? I mean, that sounds crazy, man. That's, I mean... Your thoughts, instant reaction to that. You say crazy, I say insane. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I just think just there nuts. is no place in college football. Again, this is, we, we get this totally wrong and have for decades in college sports. And that's, and most of this was to blame uh, the NCAA. We, we penalize the wrong people. We penalize the wrong, you know, we, we don't go after the culprits. Uh Who is this hurting? Well, this is hurting if if you're Auburn in this example and you get to play Georgia at home, obviously home field advantage varies uh, from team to team and school to school. But in the SEC, it's meaningful. It means something for everybody except maybe Vandy. Uh, So that's that's just to me, you're penalizing the wrong people. You're penalizing the players, the coaches, the people that that are. Uh, employed based on winning, winning and losing, and you're making a huge disadvantage there. And I just think, I hope that's just a threat. That would just be insane, in my opinion. Yeah, that'd be crazy for sure. Mark, let's move to the recruiting side of things. I I know for your content and your show, I know you guys talk some recruiting. That's not necessarily the the foundation of the voice of college football, but it's something for sure that when you talk about the Gamecocks, Mark, I, I think we've got to to give credit and take notice of it. South Carolina right now, and of course, we all know what they did for the 2023 signing class, right? You finish top 20 in the country. You signed Nicholas Harbor on signing day, which which shook the college football world. Obviously, cannot wait to see him. You know, I, I know our good friend Brad Crawford said that he's you know the most highly anticipated freshman to see him pad since Jadavion Clowney graced the field at South Carolina, but. You look at right now, Mark, and the recruiting momentum, the 2024 class, uh, the Gamecocks pick up, what was it, Thursday and Friday, three commitments, two of which were four stars, another three-star, but 10 commits in the 2024 class. Eight of the 10 are four stars. So a blue-chip ratio like we've never seen in Columbia before. They currently rank third in the SEC and sixth nationally. Mark, I know it's still early, but the Gamecocks are trending for this to maybe be the best recruiting class in school history. And I know as I sit here as a Gamecock fan, I look at the recruiting success that Shane Weaver's having, and I'm stunned. Like, like not in the sense of, like, I thought it was impossible, but I think the fact that it's happening this soon, right, that's what's most surprising. But I just have to imagine from your perspective as a national guy, I imagine you have to look and say, like, what is going on in Columbia? Because you see Georgia. Okay, that's understandable. Alabama. Okay. You know, you even see, like, a Florida State. Okay, got tradition. You see the Gamecocks up there. You're like, what's going on in Columbia? Your just overall thoughts on the recruiting success and the recruiting momentum that South Carolina has under Shane Beamer at this point. I think I've made this comment to you during our conversations, Chris, uh, but probably nobody here has heard it, that 
South Carolina football through decades and generations in the past has always been a bit of a mystery to me. And I would consider it, and this is going to maybe split your audience in regards to, yeah, Mark, you're right, versus, hey, man, you're piling on. This is this is brutal. I just think it, in some respects, is the most underachieving uh, program in the history of college football. Because if you look at like winning percentages across the country, you can give an excuse to Kansas State down through history. And if somebody throws up, Kansas State's been really good. Yeah, recently they've been good. Bill Snyder, last 30 years, horrific before that. Oregon State, typically great season this past season, horrific, one of the worst winning. You can go to various parts of the country and see exactly why it makes total sense. They're not in the SEC. They're not filling stadiums. They don't have the volume of rabid fans. They don't have the recruiting footprint. South Carolina has all those things. So we would have to go into a deep dive in terms of why that hasn't come together. I'm guessing a lot of bad hiring uh, through the decades, but spinning this forward to uh, the here and now Shane Beamer's doing a, a remarkable job, but he's also doing what I've thought to be possible here. Again, not easy to do by any stretch. So pat him on the back. I think it's extremely meaningful. Uh, you mentioned some of the recruiting people I bring on and, and one in particular is a Clemson guy that I bring on. So that spills into the South Carolina narrative often. And, you know, you and I talked about Blake Franks a couple of weeks ago and not just adding a potentially good football player, but just the look of that and what that means since Clemson really won. I know just a three star, but a guy that really projects as a as a good player and that Clemson got out recruited where these things didn't normally happen against South Carolina. So all you have to do is kind of follow Shane Beamer around on social media and, and you get it in regards to his personality, his ability to engage. And then on top of that, the proof of concept is starting to fill in. So he doesn't have to just sell a dream or a vision. He can sell, you know, <laughs> look at that Clemson game last year. Look at that uh, Tennessee game. You know, we're, we're on the move. We're on the, and I think for a lot of college athletes, they want to see some proof of concept, but they're also excited by the build. So South Carolina is kind of in that sweet spot of, oh, we're not an old stodgy Alabama where you come in, we're going to plug you into your spot. You're just in the factory line and you're, you know, one of a zillion in a process, but they're also not hopelessly behind. They're not Rutgers. So they got something going. They got some mojo. They're in a, the elite conference and, and, and they've already shown that they're on their way, but they got a long ways to go. And I got to think that that's exciting for uh, a, a high school football player to say, you know, I can be in the midst of something. He's proven that he's got the mojo, but I can get in on this too. Mark, what do you think the ceiling is for South Carolina football under Shane Beamer? And how does the expansion of the SEC to 16 teams with Texas and OU being added and the expansion of the playoff to 12 teams, how does that change that? It's tough to win an SEC championship. And I think you and I have discussed this uh, both on and off the air. Does an SEC championship really matter going forward? In, in my world, I'm an old guy. So it does for me. I would like it to matter, but I got to be a realist and I got to get my, my mind 
in line with what's going on and with the, you know, Gen X, Gen Z. And the result, the end result, the conclusion of the season is playing for a national championship. And Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So what leads to that? The playoff, not necessarily an SEC championship. Gives you a buy, gives you a leg up and advantage, but we're going to see all sorts of examples of second and third place teams in the SEC that were fully capable of making a run in the playoff, and they will. They will. Uh, so I think the playoff for this 12 team playoff comes at a great time for Shane Beamer in South Carolina football. You know, it's no longer, oh, George is a monster. We've got to be the best team in the country to get to the playoff. No, just just be one of the 12 best and go 10 and two lose to Georgia. Okay. Lose to Georgia, lose another game. And I know that that's still, they're far away from that type of uh, contention, but it's at least in sight. Now they're going to have that opportunity. And, and I think that that's what he and a lot of other coaches that are in similar situations, trying to get over the hurdle of some kind of monster in their conference are going to see that opportunity and seize it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think to your point, Mark, you know, I, I know there's some Gamecock fans that I've talked to that they don't love the idea of expansion in college football and expanding the playoff. And from the college football fan perspective, you can maybe dislike it, but as a Gamecock fan, I, I mean, as a Gamecock fan, as a Tennessee fan, as a Florida fan, as everybody that's not Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State, like you have to love it because it it gives your school a chance, right? Maybe as an old Miss fan, right? Maybe 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 using Florida and Tennessee even is wrong, right? Because those teams have won national titles and won the conferences, but like that middle of the pack, that second tier, that's a victory for that entire second tier. Yeah, we don't expect Ole Miss or Mississippi State to be making playoffs on a regular basis, but it gives them hope to get there once in a while. And then when you spin it to some of the teams you're talking about on that tier that Tennessee and Florida have been on, Penn State in the Big Ten, you plug in some teams like Penn State and Utah, they go from never getting to a playoff to they'd go on a fairly regular basis. Like it completely changes the dynamic for them. And if Florida gets it right, if Auburn goes back to getting it right, that certainly puts them in play. LSU, obviously they're on a different level and they've shown, you know, they've got one of the oddest 20 year runs you're going to find. But when they get it right, we know what they're capable of doing so i think for that that like top 10 to 25 teams and south carolina is not there but they could find themselves there if shane continues what he's doing you gotta love this 12 team playoff mark let's talk spring games right riveting stuff <laughs> spring games but i want to get your thoughts for sure on the south kind of spring game and of course we, we try so hard not to overreact or draw any conclusions. But, you know, as I talked with you, Mark, when I came on your show last week, I, I just – it's ingrained in us that when we see football on the field of play, we're not programmed to say, I'm not going to have an emotional reaction to this. We just do. 
That's just how we operate. So, you know, we can draw clues, though, from what we see in a spring game. Did anything jump off the page to you or stand out from what you picked up from or what you saw in the Garnet and Black spring game? Well, I'll kind of like throw this back on your audience in regards to because I've taken in so many spring games every <laughs> every weekend that it's ridiculous. Uh, and and uh, I do think that there are clues out there, um, not from a scheme standpoint, because it's the most irrelevant of the 15 sessions that they're going to hold because they've got cameras on and they don't want to show anyone uh, what, what they've got cooked up. But in regards to, I think the biggest indicators are on a negative side. I think we should take more indicators from the negative side. A cornerback gets burned three times. That's not good. Uh, a quarterback throws the ball in the ground, you know, eight times. That's not good. That's probably happening all the time. Trying to assess line play when the, the offensive line starters are mixed up between two lines or three guys are sitting out and all. I just think the trench play and, you know, the sack totals are those should be the first things that any fan just throw those out. They, they are meaningless rushing yardage for a quarterback, meaningless. And again, I think the line play, unless you're going to focus on one particular player, I think it's a it's an evaluation of players in space more than it is anything else. Yeah, I would agree with you, especially on the line play. Uh just impossible to evaluate the unit when that's literally not the starting five unit that you're going to see or the defensive line unit for that matter. I know for the Gamecocks, I think we South Carolina gave up like 10 sacks in their spring game. And it's, uh, and I didn't need the spring game to tell me that the offensive line was going to be a concern moving forward or going in the season, but certainly the concerns, the red flags have gone up, uh, you know, since, uh, since the spring game, if you will, uh, I'm not sure, again, if you saw Trey Knox, the transfer tight end from, from Arkansas, I thought he flashed in the spring game. I mean, your overall thoughts, I'm sure you've talked about him before, uh, speaking on the Arkansas Razorbacks last year and years prior. Do you think he can be that breakout player that everybody's expecting? Do you think he's one of those guys, maybe he's catching a little bit too much hype after the spring game? Because I thought something really interesting, our friend Connor O'Gara of uh, that, that S or uh, excuse me, the SDS podcast, let me not get those mixed up. But Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South, he made this point, Mark. Trey Knox has not scored a touchdown against Power 5 competition since October of 2021. So he was thinking maybe he's getting a little too much hype. Your just overall thoughts on how though he can help Spencer Rattler in that offense, that tight end position. And that might uh, actually be a pretty valid statistic uh, because Arkansas has had a pretty good uh, – passing offense actually under KJ Jefferson he's so much better today than he was three years ago they've been pretty good throwing the football downfield and do it a lot so so that might be something to look on um what comes to mind and then I'll spin it back to South Carolina is you might be interested to know some of the Florida State insiders that I have uh say that uh folks aren't as enamored with Jaheim Bell today as they were a couple months ago don't really believe that he's had that good of a camp so, uh, so Trinox may be uh, uh, more up to the challenge of replacing that kind of weapon than we, what we thought. And maybe there's a reason why Jaheim Bell wasn't utilized as much as a lot of us thought that he should have been. Uh, so, so there's a thought there. Uh, yeah, I think Trey Knox is a physical specimen, just like he sounds like Jaheim Bell from that standpoint, and that he's certainly capable. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that uh, he's another weapon that that should be utilized. Absolutely. For sure. And again, like you mentioned, you, you can't take anything away schematically from spring games. Uh, individual players, you know, analyzing them, obviously evaluating them. I think you can do, but even at that, Mark, I mean, it's it's different when the lights really cut on, 80,000 are actually packed in the stands, and you're playing another team. So I'll ask you this, just from the SEC side of things, spring games are completely in the books now. Uh, one team that maybe you feel better about after watching the spring game, and again, I know, that we're, listen, we're going to draw a conclusion. Why not? One team that you maybe feel better about after seeing their spring game and one team that maybe you have more concerns about. Can you go stock up, stock down, for what you've seen from the spring? <laughs> well, I can start by going double stock down Florida and Alabama. And I'm reserved on throwing shots at Nick Saban in Alabama because I've learned my lesson in the past uh, a long, long time ago to the point where everybody else uh, starts, uh, you know, shoveling dirt on the grave. I, I never do that when it comes to Alabama football and Nick Saban. And I'm not doing it here but I just think that their quarterback competition leaves a lot to be desired. And it's going to be interesting to see if some of the rumors come to fruition that they're going after a transfer quarterback, i.e. Tyler Van Dyke from Miami, because it's, it's not Alabama quarterback play by either Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson by any stretch of the imagination. And I was the guy that was giving a lot of leeway and a lot of buffer to Jalen Milrow not looking like Bryce Young or anything close to that in the in the snaps that we saw him where he had to take over against Arkansas uh, in that game in the fourth quarter. And then he played the full game against Texas A&M, and there's no way that he's anything close to what we've seen at that position for Bama uh, that I thought, okay, full offseason. If, if he's the number two guy in line and they're giving him this much attention and this much of a run, then, then they obviously see something in him that they think they can develop him as a passer. But – I don't think that's happening, and and Ty Simpson's not ready. So Alabama's in an interesting spot that they haven't been in in forever when it comes to not being comfortable with either guy going into the season. And so, yeah, the, you know, I was going to say the statistics. Decision. The statistics were not good from that spring game. I saw them from the quarterbacks. It was it was not pretty. Yeah, the statistics and the look is not, you know, they are playing up to those statistics or down to those statistics. So, so Bama would be one, although, you know, it's Bama. Bama so you get a yeah. figure, they're going to come up with an answer somewhere. Uh, and then the other one is just Florida. Now I know that the, the initial reaction by most fans is just look at the final score and, and start laughing and pile on but but it was that bad. It was it was there was a reason the score was whatever it was, 10 to 7 for Florida. Like they are in a position where if things don't break right for that team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, man, they've got a tough schedule. They've got Utah and Florida State in addition to the SEC. And wow, with Graham Mertz at quarterback, most likely. You know, they, they, Billy Napier might be really good at what he does. I think that still remains to be seen, but he's not off to a good start. And, you know, the, the, the deck is stacked against him right now and they are going to have to improve so much. And I don't know that Graham Mertz, you know, when a guy's a five-star, he gets more play and more leeway and more time, but he was the starting quarterback at Wisconsin for two or two and a half seasons. You know, he is what he is. He's not 
an upper echelon SEC quarterback, he probably shouldn't even be starting for an SEC team. So Florida's in trouble. No doubt. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. Mark, this is going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm excited for this. Um, and excited too to navigate the quote unquote off season with you. It's funny though. There's no off season as we know in sec football and college ball things are always coming up. And I'm excited again to conversate, navigate it with you and excited to have you on the show each and every single Monday. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from Mark Rogers. Guys, we are going to jump into our final break of the show, but on the side, we're going to take more of your questions, your comments, your calls and more on the side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 12 minutes or so here in the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. I want to thank Mark Rogers for taking the time to chat. Uh, really great stuff. He's going to join us every single Monday. As I mentioned, 115 till about 145 or so. So looking forward to it. Uh, going to not just be Gamecocks football conversation, but college football as a whole as well. Jeff Gulich is great guest. Thank you, Jeff, and I hope you guys approve. And let me know what your thoughts are on, on Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. He does a great job. He does a great job with the voice of college football, no doubt. Sean, do you think we could finish top five in the recruiting rankings or top six? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so, no doubt. I think this is on pace to be the best recruiting class in school history, for sure. So, yep, for sure. Uh, Travis says, well, well, Bell. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that is a very interesting update on Jaheim Bell, for sure. And uh, hmm, trouble in paradise, I see. Trouble in paradise. Very, very interesting indeed. Guys, phone lines are open, by the way. They are open once again, 843-790-3377. Also, by the way, when the Gamecocks win, you win. Use the promo code YARDCOX over at, right here, TSUS.store. Use that promo code YARDCOX at checkout. You'll get 15% off your entire purchase. So, really great stuff. Great weekend. YARDCOX get the sweep, of course. And, uh, yeah, really, really exciting stuff. A great weekend at Founders Park. I mean, the Rowdy Roosters were, I mean, incredible. I mean, just just showed that one of the best environments in all of college baseball, and it's going to be a really tough place for anybody to win this postseason because obviously South Carolina will be hosting throughout. That being said, let's jump to the phone lines here. These nuts. Here, let's get him in. These nuts, fire away. What's going on? Oh, come on. He hung up. Come on now. Come on now. You want you want to call in. You want to call in. See, that's why I take the calls. That's why I take everybody's calls, even the people that are trolling. Because when you put them on the line and you put them on the spot and you want to have a combo with them, they cave. Come on, man. You had your chance. You had your chance. And all you get is one chance. You get one chance. That was weak. That was weak. My guy Gray texted in beginning of the show. Gray, I apologize for just now getting to your questions. What record do you realistically think we will finish with? Four SEC series to go. Okay, four SEC series to go. You've got let's let's pull up the schedule. I don't want to try to guess this. Let's see. You've got Auburn this weekend at home, of course. Okay, so you got Auburn for three. No duh. 
at Kentucky, at Arkansas, and then Tennessee at home. So I think realistically, I think realistically you can win. I mean, you could, I could say you could win 10 games. Let's keep it realistic though. If you go eight and four in that final 12, right? You've got yourself to 21 SEC wins. Okay. You'll be 21 and eight in SEC play. Okay. Um, eight wins will put you at 44 plus, right? We're, we're 36, right? 36 overall wins. 34. So that puts you at 42 wins plus your midweeks. Plus your midweeks. You've got going down the list here, none this week. You got Winthrop, North Florida, and Charlotte. Okay. Three more midweek games. So that will put you at 45 total wins. So you can do better than eight and four, by the way. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing out like a just a, you know, that that would that you'd win two of three every weekend. I think that's fair. So you realistically could finish with 45 wins or more. I mean, you know, 46, 47, but I think somewhere around 45 wins is where you'll be. Somewhere around 45 wins. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's incredible. Uh, phone acting up. Where do you see South Carolina ending up in football at the end of the season? Uh, my way-too-early prediction was 9-3. and three. I, I will lock in an official prediction over the summer, of course, the week before SEC media days. Uh, I will lock it in then. I mean, I think there's still a lot uh, to figure out, right? The, the, the transfer portal still going on. You know, what is this team going to look like exactly? So I, I wait until the summer to to give those picks. I wait until the summer. So Chase Floyd's is a good segment. Yeah, I'm glad you guys agree. I'm, I'm glad you guys agree. Uh, Mark Rogers, the voice of college, but we're going to have him on every single Monday. It's funny, though. Today was the first Monday, and then he won't be on next Monday because there will be no TDC next Monday. There will be no TDC. Uh, because yours truly will be on a cruise ship. I have not told you all that yet, but uh, looking ahead to next week, we will have no TDC Monday through Thursday, going on a cruise with the family. Going to have a good time with that. And uh, yeah, obviously no TDC. But, But the podcast will drop. The podcast will drop. Very excited to record a podcast on a cruise ship. That'll be fun. Very excited. Very excited. That'll, that'll be a good time. First ever. That'll be the first time ever. So, we'll be the first time ever. Let's see. Again, guys, it's it's crazy to think where this team was a year ago and where we are now. It's it's just 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 wild, just wild. Let's jump to the phone lines here. From? Luke RJ. Luke RJ, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I was just glad to hear somebody not named D's Nuts call in. So I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah. I heard that uh, uh, the Welcome Home Boys were, were uh, in the in the chat today. So I I guess that's those guys. I guess that's who it was. I, I don't know, man. I, I guess that's who it was. I, I have no idea. I did see famously Garnet comment, though, which 
Glad he took his time today to tune into the show. But uh, the more the merrier, my guy. The beauties and the banter, as I always say. So, uh, appreciate you calling in. Yeah, man. It seems like every time you don't wear a hat, they usually show up. So I, I don't know what it, it – you know, it's – it's. I think you know what it does. It, like, it disrupts the normal day today. I, I don't know. I, I guess that's what it is. It just disrupts the, the normal flow of things and brings people out of the out of the out, out the woodworks, if you will. I don't know. But maybe I maybe I should should start not wearing a hat more often to to just rile the people up a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, that was a good that was a good segment with Mark, but I saw that uh above average but it says yeah, that is that is not our guy P Dog. I texted P Dog because I was like, this isn't how he normally talks, anyways. And so, yeah, it's, that's that's not our guy P Dog. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, that was a good series versus uh, versus Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a blast, man. I mean, you know, I I picked two of three. That would have been a great result, I thought. But sweeping them, Florida hates playing in Columbia. They hate the Rowdy Roosters, and. Uh, you know, I mean, I think this past weekend, you know, one of the biggest takeaways, this past weekend really showed you why it is so important to lock down home field advantage, why it's important to host, why it's important to host supers, because when you have a home field advantage like South Carolina has, having that in your back pocket, I mean, this team plays differently at home. And I'm not saying they've been poor on the road, obviously, because they haven't, but you are 24-1. and one at Founders Park, and that one yeah. loss was a game that you had in control and you could have won. You unfortunately blew it late. But, like, I mean, this team's been so damn good at home. That's why you want to secure a home pit advantage because of what you saw over the weekend, man. It's it's just when you got an environment like Founders Park and with the Rowdy Roosters, the advantage that provides, it, it does wonders for your ball club. Yeah, absolutely. So, no midweek game this week. Is that right? That's right. Yep. No midweek game. South Carolina will next play uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Auburn Tigers. Okay. Is it is it, is it at Auburn or? What? Hey, no, it's in Columbia. It's 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 at Founders Park, and then the next two weekends okay. will be on the road at Kentucky, at Arkansas, and then the final series of the season will be a home series against uh, Tennessee. Okay, so when is the next uh, live watch-along going to be? That I do not you know? know, my friend. That I do not know, just because um, it obviously won't be this weekend. I mean, I guess we could do Kentucky. I, I don't know. I don't know. I Stay up to date. We'll, we'll do – maybe the Ar- – I think the Arkansas series would be a really good one because that's a big one. Arkansas will be at minimum top ten, maybe top five. Uh, maybe the Arkansas series. And, and then Tennessee, I'm planning on going to a game or two, so – uh, that one wouldn't work. So, I would probably say most likely would be the Arkansas series. Most likely. I think that would be a really good one to do. Cool. And I saw you went to the Braves game or something like that, right? Yeah, How I went uh, Yeah, I went Saturday. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always fun going to Truist Park. And, unfortunately, they did not win. But, uh, yeah, had a blast, man. Had a blast. Eight in the battery. Just had a real good time. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, have a good day. And, uh Go Cox, man. Luke RJ, you're the man. I appreciate you. Go Cox, indeed. Take care. Great stuff, my friend Luke RJ. Guys, this show has flown by today. My guy GA, by the way, making me laugh because uh, <laughs> Hatless Chris is the bat signal for the slap dicks. I mean, it, it has to be, dude. It has to be. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. Ed Taylor says, what was the update on Jaheim Bell? I missed our good friend Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. Of course, he talks to so many different guys from so many different teams. And he basically just said that the Florida State guys, maybe they're not quite as maybe they're not quite as thrilled with Jaheim Bell and his services as they thought they would be. That maybe he hasn't had the best spring camp, which shocking, right? Shocking. Um, Jeff Gullage might be early for you, or you might want to tip your hand, but are there any new additions to guests this fall? Honestly, Jeff, I just haven't planned that far ahead. Uh, will we run it back with Steven Garcia? Will we add somebody different? I, I don't know yet. I don't know. The answer is just simply, I don't know, Jeff. So, um, would love to get Garcia back on, um, you know, or we could do somebody else. I, I think I'd love to get my guy Alex McGrath probably back on on Tuesdays. I like that one a lot. J.C. Sherbert will be Thursdays. Uh, Jake Crane on Fridays I think would be electric. Jake was awesome during the football season. So really, I think the biggest two up in the air would be Garcia on Mondays and Anthony Treesh from Pro Football Focus on Wednesdays. But Jeff, I will let you know the plan will be, I think, yet again, to have uh, daily guests. I, I think that's just a really cool value add to the show. It's a cool value add to TDC. And uh, I appreciate you asking, Jeff. I appreciate you asking for sure. It's going to be a, a lot of fun, no doubt. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Hey, thank you all so much for the continued love and support from the podcast, the live show, social media, the merchandise side of the business. Cannot say thank you enough, enough. Grateful for each and every single one of you, including the Welcome Home Boys, including Famously Garnet, including all of those who show love, show hate, or somewhere in the middle. You all play a vital part in the success of TSUS. So again, thank you all so much. Check out the podcast that dropped this morning. If you want to go back and listen to anything TDC drops in podcast form every day at 3 o'clock on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And do not forget, guys, tomorrow we're calling an audible. 10 to 12 instead of 12 to tomorrow. 10 to 12, we will go live. So make sure you tune in tomorrow morning, guys. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.